We're doing something a little bit different this morning. We're doing a, we're doing a hybrid thing. Who, who, who likes the idea of mixing things up a bit? Yes. Who's dead against it? Yes. <laughs> Who's not brave enough to say no? <laughs> so today we're going to bring home our, our soaking series. So we're going to be uh, a little later on in the service taking some more time to actually soak in the presence of the Holy Spirit. But as I uh, said last week, we need to actually take on board what God gave us the Holy Spirit for. Uh, Jesus left and said that somebody is coming that is just going to sort of tickle your nerve endings and tell you good people and just leave you alone, except when you're called to say, I'm not feeling good. He didn't say that. He sent that said that he was going to send an advocate, uh, a helper, a guide for us. And in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, it actually says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, in, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives actually has a purpose beyond just getting us connected to God. It's actually getting us connected to God's, God's vision and purpose for his people. And when I say his people, I mean the people of this earth. God does not discriminate just because we go to church, just because we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour. doesn't mean that we're only, only we are God's people. He, his desire is that the whole of this earth be a people that worships and accepts him as Lord and Saviour. And so our job is to make that happen. So I'll see you back next week when you've done that. Um, and so through the, through the month of February, we're actually going to be looking at how we, we translate this, this power that we can actually take part in through connecting with God's Holy Spirit and how we are called to actually do what that verse says, to actually tell people about Jesus. Because I don't know whether you've been to many other churches, but every church, every movement, every, every denomination does things slightly differently because their call of God, their, their understanding of the call of God is slightly different. And so throughout this next month of February, we're going to be looking at our culture, uh, our vision as C3 and how we are called to be witnesses through the power of the Holy Spirit. So this morning, we're actually going to start sharing a series of videos that reveal the work of the Holy Spirit in the origins of our movement, of the C3 movement. And it will give us an insight, I believe, into the vision and the dreams and, and the actual people that set this family of churches into motion. And at the conclusion of this video, which runs for about 16 minutes, I'll actually spend a bit of time talking about the prophetic vision that we were given for C3 Church Norwood. Uh, and I'm going to spend a bit of time as we soak in the presence of the Holy Spirit prophesying over some people. So just to give you sort of a, a bit of context to this, th this is not a preaching video, this is a conversation. Uh, the, the, con the context is that they, these people are the people who actually started C3 and uh, they're in uh, one of their kitchens preparing a meal, talking about how it all happened. So it's all very informal, but th this... I hope will give us insight into how God spoke to these people and started something which went way beyond their wildest dreams. So sit back and let's watch this video.
our heart, and literally it was the dream in our heart and a little bit of money in our pocket right. that got us over to Sydney. Exactly. And there's a backstory to that, but we're going to start cooking. We are going to start cooking. Because you tried to go to Sydney twice, didn't you? We did, before that. And, and then both the... times Phil found out where you'd gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was pregnant with Daniel. It was 1975. Um, the, the, the real... The, first moment we heard about Sydney, where it went into Phil's heart, we were in the 48 Oxford Terrace on, one, on our Monday night house church, and Alan, uh, an elder in the church, had a son who had a church in Sydney, and we were just, was filled with all hippies, and it was packed, the, the house that we were running, and Alan said to Phil, um, we need a church like this in Sydney. We're, Sydney, we'd never even thought of Sydney as a place and went into Phil's heart. Sydney, okay, and that was 1971. Remember Phil? We had that Taramara outreach and people got saved. People that we know today got saved yeah, but, in that. But uh, even though we had big success, it was not the right time. So we went back to New Zealand. It was awful. We were just, Phil was down, he's like, I've missed the call, I'm just gonna... Took up painting, about. gave up the ministry. We sewed We gave it up, never thought we'd be, Listen. never thought we'd come Dead. there again. Gone. I got a job as a postman. Yep. Uh, and uh, <laughs> delivering messages to people, which I guess still I'm still there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Still the postman. And, uh, and so is Simon. Uh, we do we know how to deliver? <laughs> well, ooh, like a postman, we always oh, deliver. Uh, yeah. Describe that day when you were out on the post run and the oh, Lord spoke to you about Yeah, Littleton. I was. I I'm pretty well could take you there today, actually, because it was like such a relief to hear a vo the voice of God. I was just so happy because I'd been so discouraged. And I felt broken, actually. It felt like I just didn't have any strength to get up and do much at all. So he spoke to me and said, go start a church in Littleton. But I was just glad to know that I was still called. We went out there nothing much happened over the three years we were there. The 30 people pretty much remained the same. 30, I think we went from about 15 to 30 people. Yeah, but we had some amazing salvations. But, yeah, but, but uh, after two years two of being there, I went on a trip to India. And on the way through Stockton, Sydney, uh, the plane touched down in Sydney, and God said to me on the way there, now's the time. And you said to us, Chris and I are finally have got the go to go to Sydney. And so our response was, you know, well, we're sad to see you go. That was it. You know, I mean, what am I going to say? But then during the worship, uh, and that was a day when I actually was worshipping, instead of thinking about something, um, I heard the Lord speak to me, and I, this is, I've never heard this since, and it had no promise to it, it was five words, and you are going to, clear as crystal. Yeah. So as we were driving home, I said to Helen, um, I feel the Lord spoke to me, and as soon as I said it, she said, got it. So we said, why don't we fast? And we looked and said, why would we bother fasting? Right, you knew. We knew, and then we went to Phil and Chris, and uh, that, was, that, was, that was really, it was very sobering because they said, thrilled, but you have to come on your own steam. We don't have like a missions organization. No, we said, no problem. Yeah, we, 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 we had nobody Nothing. actually no. giving us money or no. setting us up or Nothing. no interest nights. So Simon, <laughs> um, you and Phil arrived in Sydney first and then Helly and I and the kids arrived maybe a couple of weeks later. Literally. You, guys, you got jobs. And our whole family went and stayed on Simon's yep. and Helen's floor. Yep. We lived there for maybe four and weeks. St. Ives. 
Yeah. We'll save lives. It was an adventure. We hired off the Catholic church the hall they had across the road in Oaks Avenue. And on the first, uh, we just went to all our meeting down there. And then Mark and Bernie. That's when we. They walked up. in that night. Now, your sister had had an influence in you, hadn't she? She, yeah. Our, my sister had led us to the Lord. And then we were on a break up at Noosa. We went to the Assemblies of God Church in Noosa and ran into this guy called Chris Chetland Jones. I know. Yeah, I remember oh who, was, who was from Bulgola. Yeah, yeah. And he said, there's a new church starting yeah. on the northern beaches area. And we where. lived in Colorado. Right. And, and you know, there's no mobile phone. Right. It's like no, no, Google, no, no. nothing. So he said, I'll call you when we get back to Sydney and let you know. We called him and called him. We never, we could never get him. And one right. Sunday afternoon, I said to my, I don't know, mate, we just gotta, we've just got to go to church, so we'll just go anywhere. Right. And Mark said, let me just try him one more time. And he picked up. <laughs> oh. And so we jumped, said he said, DY said... Surf Club? Right. Six o'clock. Mm. Right. Sunday night, and it was 10 to 6. Right. <laughs> so we jumped in the car, drove down the car park, you know the story. And, what uh, did that tell us? Tell so I drove in the car park, and it was all dark, and we thought, Mate, Why we got the it? details wrong. What happened? Yeah. You know, and we only just had that thought and that mentioned to each other, and then a guy comes flying into the parking lot. I remember very clearly in his turquoise green Ford Cortina. Yes. And, and it was Paul O'Connell. <laughs> and I remember just waving his hand out of the thing. And he didn't get out of the car, he just sort of screamed out the window. And said, Are you guys looking for the church? We went, yeah. He says, Follow me. <laughs> We've moved. <laughs> And that we followed him up the road, yeah. and of course, you had apparently had said to yeah, Paul. Yeah, I said, I said to yeah. Paul, go back down because it be, might be somebody looking for us. Yeah, so and good. we don't know where they are. So it's incredible little hinges yeah. that huge doors oh. swing on, swing right? Up. And then so we we followed him up, walked into the back of the Catholic school hall. You know, very clearly, it sounds a bit cliche and corny, but we and squeezed each other's fun. hands and we said, we're home. Because we didn't awesome. know to say that. Like that was yeah, just the that exact was. feeling that we felt. Yeah. We looked at, at each other and we were like, we're home. We're really home. People they, find their place. Yeah, they I come hear it all over the yeah. world. We create we're home. the atmosphere, the culture yeah. of the presence of God and then people come in and they do say it. People come up to all of us yeah. all the time mm -hmm. and say, I'm home. Do you know what? Those two words are the nucleus of everything that we are all these years later, 40 years later. People find their place. One of the things that people um, are wondering about is um, people look at the team that we've had for 40 years and say, well, how in the world do you do that? That's a good point. And um, what do you think? The, well, the length of time. Uh, one thing I think is this. We actually became each other's family. In some ways we were forced to, which helped us. I think eating together, holidaying together. I think those things. We did, part of the picture. Because we did a lot of holidays. And we showed up at the beach every Monday together with the kiddies. I think we're amongst us, the capacity to be friends and still have respect and honour for how God has positioned us yeah. and led us. Yeah. And you guys have always been honouring of Chris and I in the recognition of that leadership. And yet we can still do life together. So this one of the things that um, I, I guess we all are as pioneers, but we haven't thought about it, have we? I would never see myself as a pioneer, right. but we obviously are. Right. Uh, I think C3 has pioneered a bunch of things. We're the first church in Australia to record 
life, praise and worship. Yep. Yes. And uh, we, uh, I'm not sure if we were the first, but certainly we were amongst the first, maybe in the world, of churches to have a school of creative arts. Totally. Where we promoted arts, drama, film and video, painting, yeah. all these things, because they were kind of like re regarded at worst as something that was of the flesh, soulish and sinful. And at best, something that was tolerated by, and they were the weird crowd in, in a church. Well, I think that pioneering thing in you was the genesis of, of pioneering, you know, church planting everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, yeah well, church planting wasn't even a thing. It wasn't a thing. Well, no, God, no, no. The, the pioneering thing, I, I don't know, if, you know how much credit you can really take. Well, I certainly don't feel like that. I'm just doing what I, I got told to do. Go plant 10 churches in 10 major cities around the world. He confirmed it. He said, look at this, Decapolis, 10 cities. I remember that. Ooh, I, remember, I remember that conversation. And so we went and did that, sent these guys out all around the world, mm. and within four years, mm -hmm. had 10 churches in 10 major cities. Yeah, what it next? It's astonishing. <laughs> exactly. But I think like what listeners need to remember is all those major moves forward were done on the back of prayer and fasting together. That's exactly right. Like it wasn't just, oh, this is a good idea. What yeah. do you reckon? It yeah. was, we sought God sure. and, and the Holy Spirit fell and it seemed right to all of us. Yeah. And if ever yes. one of us has said, I feel like doing this and the whole has said, we don't do it. And right. Not even you. No, I wouldn't. You know? I think also that if you're going to pioneer, everybody has to be prepared to do anything. And that's a big part of our team. I mean, we've all been the children's church leader. This guy was our administrator for a while. I kept on going up to my point of incompetence, <laughs> moving sideways and going doing something else. I mean, you've been the Bible college, you'd be a leader. Children's church, children's Bible college, pastor, pastor of the pastors. Overseer of uh, Europe. Uh, yeah. And some of the moves, could appear like not always an upward trajectory. Some of them are like sideways. Some of them could appear even going sideways and down. And uh, and yet it's not the position or the title. It's because we've got the relationship with think, whatever needs to be done, whatever I need to be, I'll be there. And the ability to change gears uh, for that, I think creates an A-team. Remember years ago, I think we have somebody was talking about this. And I think the comment came out that uh, I think it was in my, my case this time, but it's probably for all of us. My gift is to do what needs to be done. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's, people say, what's your spiritual gift? Uh, to do what needs to be done. <laughs> that's great. So if I have to lead, I'll lead. Yeah. It might not be my spiritual gift, but I have to do it. Yeah. And that's, that's that principle that we were living before we sort of heard about it. Uh, the team you're in. Yes. It's more important than the team you lead. What are the biggest risks we've taken? Oh, for us, it was definitely leaving the shores of... Very much into the unknown. I think we were so full of vision mm. uh, and so happy and keen. Yeah. I think that a, a healthy measure of naivety was good because they actually got us there. Yeah. But then when we faced it, when you got there, you realised how much of a risk it was. I think also, you know, I, the relationship uh, calms down the level of risk because you, I knew and hopefully you knew that if anything went skew with, we'd be there for you. Oh, yeah. oh no, we definitely 100%. knew that. And so that has yep. got to be more valuable yes. than an organisation that is just, you know, saying, here's some resources on your way. Because if there is no heartfelt relationship, we would, there would be no way on earth we'd let you 
suffer. And we've had people that I've called back out of their position because they are struggling. They're yeah. suffering and the kids are suffering. Yeah. yeah. We just yeah. Yeah. Come back. Come back. Yeah. What about you, Simon? Uh, it's, it's a, it's an, I, I don't know, to tell you the truth. I, I, I would probably say buying a house. Yeah. Because all the rest of it just seemed like fun. <laughs> Honestly, going to England seemed like whoopee-doo. Going to Australia, well, fantastic. So I would say, strangely, I'd say buying a house. So you saw all of that stuff as adventure rather yeah, than risk. Yeah, I still do. Yeah. It's a great adventure. Yeah. It's awfully costly, but a wonderful adventure. So yeah, I, it is. So strangely, I'd say my first house was my most nervy risk moment. Yeah. Looking back, you, you can calculate risk more so than looking forward. And I would say uh, the children factor, taking children with you on the journey, it's a risk that you've got to constantly mollify by giving attention to them in other ways that you can't as normal parents would do. I mean, you never have a Sunday off. But I think that's what kept us going because we were doing that together, yeah. our kids together, yeah. you know. Our fruitfulness together is always going to be greater than our fruitfulness on our own. Oh. You'll make any sacrifice to keep that, yeah. that unity and that spirit of friendship alive. And when you realize that your destiny is together, yeah. like it isn't just for a little bit of life, a couple of years, but it's actually, you've been called together, that it's a respect for God saying, he called us together, so we better make this work. Because out of that is going to come fruitfulness that is beyond our imagination. And I think even now we're, in a, we're at the end of a compounding effort that has been together. And it'll get easier with more flourishing and more fruitfulness that'll come out of the fruits that we've already you know, seen. And we're, right now we're seeing it. We're like, there have been, been sacrifices and terrible tears and heartache within our families for whatever reasons, sickness or whatever, trials with kids. And now we are seeing the, 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 the turning of that page. Exactly. We're seeing the sacrifice that we made and our kids. They are now picking up the gauntlet and saying, we're running with you. Yeah. Mum and dad, we're running with you. Sure. And, and I just think that's, that's the greatest joy, isn't it? You've greatest joy. But you've had to, we've had to get through all that mucky but That's stuff, blood, sweat and tears. Yeah, so. that, that has happened. Yeah. And now we're just entering into a new season going to be celebrating 40 years and for me personally I think for me like the risk or whatever in the future will be to keep growing and to take the risk of what God is asking us to do into our future mm -hmm. Phil and I and all of us like we're trusting you Lord that you've got our back and we are we're still pioneers you know and I mean that's a pretty dangerous thing to say to the Lord we're still pioneers send us wherever but that's that's the risk we take as sure. servants of the Lord and I'm happy to do it
got a few revelations out of that one. It's uh, interesting, some of the echoes of the things that I think we find in our own church. I mean, the fact that people find their place, uh, people find their home, I think is a, a common theme throughout C3 churches and it's something that we've always held dear to our hearts here at Norwood that we want this to be a place that people can come, feel at home but also to find their place so that they can be enabled to be who God has called them to be. And so this clip has shown us really the reason that we soak. We fill ourselves with the Holy Spirit to enable us I love the way Simon puts it, to go on that adventure that God has for us. But that adventure is impossible without God's continued empowering presence. And so when we first started pastoring C3 Norwood, uh, there was a scripture that was spoken over us and one that we've held close to our heart and one that I think is, is still very relevant. It was Isaiah 58. And verse 10. And it says, Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. It's funny that I married at noon. <laughs> Don't know whether that's relevant or not. Um, fairly bright, though. Uh, the Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you're dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities, and then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. And this was spoken over Vicky and I 23 years ago. And it was a guide and encouragement to take on the task of restoring the people that we came into contact with to restore their lives with the assurance that God's hand was in everything that we did. And I believe that's as much our calling today as it was 23 years ago when it was spoken over us. I, I would like to think that we also are, are in a, a time, as, as Chris pointed out in the video, where our kids have taken on, taken up the gauntlet, as it were, and not just our... our biological children but the children of our generation in this church are taking up the gauntlet and running with what we have started to take it to places that we could never take it and so I'm excited to hear more in the coming weeks I know that this is a conversation which develops and grows to talk more about our culture and there are more people who have a say in what C3 has developed into but the, the interesting and I think important point with this is that everything was based on what God had told people. Prayer and fasting, uh, ideas that God led them to do. It wasn't a man-made idea. And it relies on us being connected with the Holy Spirit, which is why I think it was so important that you know, we started off the year making sure that we... we didn't race into 2021 thinking, okay, let's do what we think is a good idea, but we took the time to actually stop and wait on the Holy Spirit and allow God to bring his 
purpose, his desires, his vision into our lives. And if we're going to move forward with that, the first thing that we've got to do, I think, uh, is to make sure that in our own spirit, that we're certain that we have a relationship with Jesus on a personal level. And we do that before, and before I move on, I'm going to ask us perhaps all to do this, that we ask Jesus into our life through, through prayer to make sure that our relationship with him is something that holds fast to where we're going. We pray a prayer that invites Jesus into our heart and into our life and affirms him as our personal Lord and Saviour. And so if you're online and you've never done that, or you're right here and you've never prayed that prayer, or you may just want to reaffirm that prayer because you, you know that you've wandered from the path that God has for you, then I want you to pray a prayer with me right now. And we're all going to pray it together. I think it's good that we, we reaffirm these things. Can I ask everybody to stand? And we can pray this prayer together. If you're online um, and you're willing to actually say this prayer out loud, whether the cat or the dog is listening, I'm sure they're not going to be particularly upset. I mean, if you're in a situation where there are other people where you feel that it might be embarrassing, then perhaps just repeat it quietly. But... I'm going to ask you all just to repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I commit my life to you from this day forward. I reject the lies of the devil. I accept that I'm a child of God and that you have a divine purpose for me. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Now, if you're watching online, could I encourage you to press that raise hand button in the chat uh, and a member of our team will guide you through the next steps. If you're here this morning and you've uh, said that prayer for the first time or you're feeling that you need to reaffirm your connection with God and take some more steps, please come and see me after the service. I'd love to talk to you about that. And so this is the time where we say goodbye to you watching online. We pray that your coming week is going to be a great one. And we look forward to catching up with you again next Sunday. Have an awesome week.